0: Salut. Hey, Welcome to the Travel Tribe. Welcome to the Travel Tribe Podcast. Welcome, adventure seekers and world travelers to episode 5 of the Travel Tribe Podcast, as we invite some of the most inspirational and quirky adventurers to share their experiences and journeys of traveling and working abroad. Today on the show we have Ashley Abushi. Ashley is a mindset coach international model, a world explorer, and the co-founder of Dream Teamers. Today, we'll be chatting about ecstatic dancing, the creative ways she found international modeling jobs, which allowed her to explore the world, and finally, some actionable techniques to help you practice gratuity, step into the unknown, and to live the best version of yourself. Please welcome Ashley Abushi.
1: Hey! hey how are we going? <laughs> I'm
0: great. How are you? Good. I wanted to share a little fun story because the last time we were together was actually in Bali. You had invited me to visit you for a week while you were working there organizing a conference. I was just coming from the Canton Trade Fair in China and we had a chance to spend a week together. But uh, I think it was the second night you had invited me. You said, hey, let's go dancing. And I was like, sounds good. I'm up for something new, something exciting. I uh, got my dance shoes ready. I thought we were going to do like salsa dancing or cha-cha or something like this. Had no idea that we were going to do ecstatic dancing. (laughs) Um, It was a completely different experience. So we had arrived at this resort in Canggu, which is like the Mecca of digital nomads and lifestyle gurus. And we get to this uh, resort and to sign in and you introduce me to your friend, Mike, who's also from Chicago. I'm wondering what the hell is going on And I'll never forget, right before we walk in, the the mic guy grabs me by the arm and is like, yo, be careful, man. It gets pretty freaky in there. And I was like, what are you (laughs) talking about? Because at that point, I still thought we were doing salsa dancing. we we go inside. Yeah, it's like about 40 people there in this little wooden hut in the middle of this wellness resort in Bali. The the leader, I guess, or the DJ, whatever you want to call her, comes in wearing this tutu. She's about in her mid-40s super small but radiating this energy and she says there are two rules is ecstatic dancing one you're not allowed to talk to anybody and you're not allowed to use your phone uh so if you want to you have to get out to use it otherwise we're just let anything out of you that comes out any noises any movements and i remember we were like sitting there when the music started and we're dancing we're like awkward and then that mic guy started stomping in the middle of the stage and he was just roaring like a lion and being super alpha male while these females were dancing around him like crazy. And after 10 minutes, I was like, okay, like, F this. I'm I'm going to get into this. I mean, what else I got to lose? And I started stomping in the middle of the that little wooden dance board trying to be the alpha male. And I remember trying to roar like a lion, but not physically being able to do so. And it was such a special moment, this ecstatic dancing. It was pure soberness of just a fun expression of her body and sounds and for two hours I've never experienced this kind of emotion and these you know the tension that was there and the, like it was a really fun fun experience that we had there in Bali so thanks for inviting me to that
1: yeah it's it's so special I mean that's exactly how I felt the first time that I did it I kind of like walked in like I love you know I love dancing but that's like a different level and it's also everyone is dancing kind of like me just like yeah let's just go and feel it and it was so at first i was initially the same way and that was kind of a ritual like every sunday like every week a bunch of friends like we just all people just do a static dance it's such an amazing way to get to like yeah. get into your body and just feel it so Absolutely. i'm glad that you loved it even yeah. though you were you're like i don't know i think this isn't for me
0: <laughs> yeah it was completely outside of my comfort zone but i was super glad i did and i think a lot of your female friends or there really enjoyed it because it was like a non-threatening environment uh you know nobody's coming up to You know, grind on you or dance on you. Everyone just kind of having fun and, you know, releasing their energy. It was a really, really fun experience. As I mentioned, you have an incredible journey, an incredible story, and I'm ready to dive into it. So let's just get some background information on your experience with travel and what inspired you to start traveling.
1: Yeah. So I was always doing different things. Like I was modeling from a young age, but I was also like double majoring in school. And I also worked at a restaurant and I also was a bartender and I also worked at a Greek museum. And like, I just did all these things. And then I was a projects manager, like after that. And I just was like sitting in my office. and I'm like, I am like, what am I doing? Like, I want to travel. And it it just so happened, like a few days before I was at a photo shoot and the photographer, I was telling him, Oh, I want to go, you know, visit my friend who just moved to Australia. I want to go to this place or that place i always wanted to go to south of south africa and it's like so I, he's like we well, go like why not like he's like if i can do it because he had lived and worked all over the world he's like anybody can and like what's the worst you just come back you know i'm like oh my god you're right and i was like sitting in my office like spinning in my chair i'm like what am i doing what am i doing here like yes i'm gonna go so i just like kind of walked out and told i was I'm like i'm actually gonna leave and i was like and they were just trying to get me to stay and i'm like Money comes and goes. I can make money later in life. I just kind of shifted my priority from stability and income stability to travel. I'd always wanted to travel. So it's like, I worked so hard in school, like never missed a class unless it was for a big campaign. I It's like, I'm going to make it happen. And so... I had this itinerary and, and, you know, I'm going to go to Australia and see my friend, Natalie. I'm going to go to South Africa during season so I can do some modeling there. Of course, I was going to Greece and it's like anywhere I had a layover. I was like, well, I'm going to stay for like five days or a week. Like, why not? I'm going to go and make friends and meet new people. And so it was just such an amazing like 10 month trip. But it was so amazing. I did Greece, Turkey, Dubai, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong and South Africa.
0: Look at that travel resume. And that's impressive. impressive. And it kind of sounds a lot like the stories we've had so far about this inspiration comes into your head. And I kind of wanted to analyze it quickly. And did you have any fears before you left? And if you did, how did you overcome those fears?
1: Kind of a scary thing, right? Like I didn't know people anywhere. (laughs) Like I knew a few people in a few of the places. I also didn't have a bunch of money that I could you know, use. So it was a fear of like, okay, what do I do? Where am I going to stay? it's just kind of like the fear of the unknown because it's so easy to stay stuck and stay unhappy in like a mediocre life. If that's how you feel about something, just because you have the structure and stability. So it's like, I was willing to kind of like give that up, but it was still scary. Like one of my friends mentioned, they're like, Oh, have you ever done couch surfing? And I'm like, no germaphobe. And I'm like, um, what I'm gonna stay on local people's couch, like strangers on their couch, and they're like, "Yeah, it's great. Just check it out." I was thinking, "Okay, I don't have the money to pay to stay in a hotel everywhere." I was like, "I don't have any friends," so it was kind of a really amazing thing, and that's what I did. My first, you know, ten month trip. Parts of it I stayed with friends or friends of friends. I'm like, "Oh, your third, your third cousin's old roommate lives in Dubai." Yeah, I want to meet them. You know, I was just like trying to be as resourceful as I could be, and it was such an amazing experience just by like stepping into the fear. Like, yes, I was nervous, but just kind of being positive and with the mindset that like, it's going to work out. I would meet someone somebody normally with couch surfing, you stay for like a few days, but we'd become like such good friends. And I'd stay for a week, you know, such an amazing experience and then setting that up created basically like the next almost 10 years where I kept traveling every year, most of the year to like, you know, three months in South Africa, two months in Dubai, like great. like it was just an amazing kind of chain of events from, it's just the network that I had built up and the opportunities that I started from doing that.
0: So it sounds like you're that couch surfer that everybody dreads that you invite them over for three days and they stay for three weeks.
1: <laughs> I'm a great couch surfer come on.
0: <laughs> you know sometimes we get questions especially from our female guests about traveling alone as a female. Did you have any did you think about that for your leaving? Did you have any anxiety?
1: One thing like my parents forced my sister and I to do martial arts since we were like four years old. Like, mm-hmm. We don't want you to be a victim and so like we hated kicked and punched like didn't want to go. And then, of course, when they finally let us quit, we were like, we miss it. (laughs) I feel like that gives me a little bit of confidence from so many years of doing that. But just in general, I decided I was going to drink. Like, I rarely, I don't drink a ton now, but just when I was traveling, especially my first trip, I'm like, I don't ever want to not be in control of the situation. I don't want to be a statistic or something bad to happen because I was drinking. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. That was, I think, a huge, a huge thing, just like being like conscious and like thinking of that because a lot of people don't realize that or think of that. So when you could put something in your drink, you could drink too much. It's like, you don't know, you don't know the people you're with, the place you're in. Like that was my experience. And then trusting my instincts. That was my other thing. I really trust my instincts when I first meet someone, like what is the energy that I'm getting from them? Because you know, like deep down, you kind of have a feeling, does this person have good intentions or do I feel uncomfortable or unsafe around them? And so when I would first get to someone's house even, feel that because initially I only was staying with females and then I was like, well, I'll just stay with guys too, like see how it goes. And this one guy that I was going to stay with, he messaged me like, hey, did you still need a place? But he didn't have any reviews? So I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know this guy. But then I was like, all right, I'm already in Dubai. You got to start somewhere. Like, let me go to his place with a friend of mine Like I brought a guy friend of mine over to just meet him. He became one of my like best friends, such a good family friend now. And I stayed for like a month and like every year he was a consultant. So he was traveling all the time anyway. So it was just amazing by just kind of trusting your instincts and like your feelings. Like literally when I walked in and like we met, I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God, he's amazing. I'm like, can I actually move in right now? Can I go get my stuff and come back right now?
0: (laughs) Glad that you had such good experiences with couch surfing. We also, uh, when I was living in Korea, we were hosting, people as well at our place and it was phenomenal we actually my roommate was polish and so always the polish people would come and message us to stay with us and we had some really phenomenal cow surfers uh, for christmas they came by and made a whole christmas meal for us and like we made moonshine or sorry it was absent absinthe, and it was like you know, we had some fantastic cow surfers the only bad experience we ever had what well, actually was a funny experience we had these two girls that came to us and my roommate went to go pick him up and he's tall. And so I think they got really scared. And so we're like, here's your room. You know, you can lock it if you want. Yeah. And they're like, uh, okay, cool. And they locked in, they were gone. They're like locked away for like two days. Uh, we barely ever seen him. <laughs> The cool thing was when you meet these travelers who are usually like open-minded and like-minded like you are, it's, it's interesting where you can end up meeting them again. So we had couch stay at our place. And when I went to Krakow, I stayed with one of the guys that already stayed with us. And so it's, it's a great way to, to connect and network. And you really have to trust your instinct, I guess, when you are reading the reviews and meet the people.
1: Um, I mean, the thing that I think too about couch surfing, it's like, I love it as a pay it forward community. So mm-hmm. I think that's why it's so special, right? So Someone isn't there to try to get rent money from you. They genuinely are excited to show you around. It's like, oh my gosh, I, like now you have a friend that lives in Paris because they stayed with you while they had a job interview for two days. It's like so many amazing connections are made that way. And then another thing, people are worried of like, what if they rob you or kill you in your sleep? And I'm like, what if I rob them or kill them in their sleeves, right? Like, my thing. like, they're letting a stranger into their homes. <laughs> thing. That
0: <is surprising. laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I, I remember meeting a couple of people that are like pretty big couch surfers when I stayed with them. And some people just don't have the opportunity to leave or travel for, for whatever reasons. And so some of them will use couch surfing as a way to kind of, you know, virtually travel because they have people coming in from Brazil or from America or from somewhere in Africa. And it's a way for them to meet culture and learn about what they eat what they do what they like without ever having to leave their homes
1: that's so amazing that is such an amazing it's so amazing i think the key is those to be considerate i think that's Mm -hmm. the key to living with roommates and the key to couch living especially
0: it's part of i think the traveler mindset as well right you want to you want to always kind of help others and pay it forward so you end up going on some of these incredible trips around the world can you share some of your favorite experiences that that you know that ended up occurring after this decision to kind of step into the unknown?
1: So one thing that was a cool experience was I was telling my friend, I'm like, okay, I did skydiving in Dubai. It's amazing. You've got to do it. Like I didn't have the money to just do amazing things and eat out every meal. Um, But I decided that every country I would go to, I would do one really fun thing, like an extreme thing, because I love skydiving and that kind of thing. I'm going to go white water rafting in New Zealand. I'm going to go great white shark diving in South Africa. Like I want to do all like one fun thing that I'll spend money on. And I did skydiving in Dubai. You have literally a 10 page waiver of like sign your life away if something happens. I was telling a friend, you know, I did this last time. It's so fun. I'm going to give you the number for you to call. Like I'll schedule it. Like, you know, you should do it. And I go on their website and I saw my picture there. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, in the, you know, huge document of, like, signing your life away, it's also, if we decide to use your photo, which they have, like, tens of thousands of photos from, like, all the time, we could use it. And so, it's so funny because my job is, right, like, I'm getting paid to be the face of different things. The one thing, like, that I pay to do is, like, yeah. the whole wall of the building was that picture. And they're, like, oh, my gosh, we used to ever. I'm, like, well, can I get a free jump? And every place that I go, I I just make it my home, like I make it my own. And I think that's what's been able to help me live in different places for a long period of time, like away from my family and from my home, because I kind of just like settle in right away. I love to make friends and like make, I love connecting people and have friend groups and like everywhere I go, I'll have a farewell, as you know. So it's like, I just love getting amazing people together. And so I just feel like I create this little family everywhere I go. I have amazing experiences with them all these amazing different people in all these different countries doing, you know, such different things and things I just didn't plan. Right. I was in South Africa and I, we made friends with these amazing guys that have this group called No Danger Di- No Danger Diaries. And so they do all these awesome things, making it something fun to do and then something to make the world a better place. Right. Like they'll dress up like superheroes and go into a, a children's hospital or we hiked five people that were blind up Table Mountain in South Africa. Like they do really fun and amazing things and had like a black light saying yes and being open-minded to just kind of all the amazing things that happen is the best way I feel like to
0: travel. I agree. And I want to touch on uh, up on something you said about, you know, your farewell parties. And I think something that you do phenomenal is you're a connector and a networker and you do a really good job of meeting new people. So what are some ways that you go about creating these connections and, you know, making them so close and meeting so many people when you go abroad?
1: I, if you haven't noticed, love talking. I'm a talker. (laughs) Not being afraid to just say hi to somebody. That's been really amazing in my life, just saying hi to somebody in line or just saying, you know, you find so many people that love doing similar things to you, and that's really amazing. I feel like my time and my energy, like, I used to kind of focus more on quantity, right. And like be friends with every single person Mm -hmm. and like anyone. And now it's more like, who are the people that I want to spend time with and who are these people? And so trying to find these amazing people that I really align with in so many different ways. And it's neat because it's just such an amazing experience. You know, when you find these people and then you, I feel like when you're aligned and happy in a lot of areas of your life, you kind of attract people Mm -hmm. that are in the situation, right. So whether you're really happy and positive, you'll attract more happy and positive people because happy and positive people would rather be around happy and positive people versus someone who always is complaining or, you know.
0: I know that you also volunteer whenever you have the opportunity. Can you tell me about some of your volunteer experiences and and how you get involved if you're doing them internationally?
1: Every country that I would go to, I would find a place that I could volunteer that I wanted to be a part of. So one, I spent a lot of time in Dubai um, and there's this amazing group called Mowa for Beautiful People and it's young adults with special needs, arts, like an art program for them. And they're amazing and so talented. So I would go there when I'm in Dubai when I'm not working and spend time with them and had mentioned to a friend that I'd met, I think she was on the couch surfing platform. So like even if you're not couch surfing, you can still use the platform, right? Like people are I played basketball one night a week because just like anyone who is involved in this, like travelers or people that are local that want to meet new awesome people traveling. Like Let's do this, you know, adventure. So that's cool. And she, I'd mentioned, like, I'm looking for a place to volunteer. And she's like, oh, I have this, you know, I actually do photography with this amazing program. I'm like, oh, can I join you? It's so special. It's like, I'm so excited to go. Any, anytime I'm going somewhere, it's like, I feel so special that I can be part of it.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And I remember you telling me the story about you having your sponsored child. Forgot it was in the (laughs) Philippines or in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had a chance to sponsor them throughout the year, and then you actually ended up going out there and meeting with the family. Is that correct? I
1: did. So this past year, basically, like, spoke with him and his parents. I'm like, okay, let's make this happen. I can do this date. One of my good friends, Louise, came from Australia and we met there. And it was the most amazing trip, like, ever. And we really didn't have many plans. I'll, my only intention was kind of, okay, I'm going to go to where the island that he lives and leave. Like, I just didn't know much about the Philippines. And so she was saying, Oh, I've been wanting to go there forever. It's amazing. I'm going to plan, like, let's go to all these places. So we went an Island hops for like three weeks and it was the and without plans. Like the only plan that we had was where we are going. So it's like, we were, we were, um, and then the date where I was going to meet with him, I was like, okay, I'm gonna spend the whole day with you guys. And we had the best day ever they're so amazing mm-hmm. so it was just so it was so special to you know initially he didn't write so he would draw pictures and then his mom would write and then he like it was such a special you know experience like watching him grow up for all these years and then getting to meet him but so what yeah. to the philippines and i recommend everyone sponsoring people <laughs>
0: like yeah that's very inspirational uh we actually uh when i was playing on the soccer team in korea we I decided to have a fundraiser when I was leaving to raise money for a sponsored child. We've been on it for four years now and it's actually a really cool way for us to keep in touch. So even though players have left and moved on from Korea, uh, we still once a year donate to this uh, cause for sponsoring this child. Actually her name is Vaddy in Cambodia. And uh, it, it feels good and it's it's cool to kind of keep in touch over some kind of volunteering, um, you know, good act that, you know, the secret to living is giving. <laughs> Let's move kind of into your modeling abroad because it seemed like you had taken a non-conventional route to pursuing some opportunities abroad. Can you kind of walk us through that whole journey?
1: I was with some of the top agencies in the States, so Ford and Elite. And I, when I decided that I wanted to travel, it was like different models will go to different places. Mostly it's like Paris or Milan was kind of the big you know, places where people would go. I just didn't really want to go there. And also I never really had the in- Tension, or, and like, I just didn't want to be this cookie cutter figure shape. And also I was struggling with it. I was so busy with work and I just didn't make it a high enough priority to focus on that. And I liked, you know, being more athletic and it was more the agencies. A lot of times are like, well, they'll want you if you're this, these measurements. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to be those measurements, but I still want to go. <laughs> so I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to go anyways. So I basically went to different countries that I wanted to go to with my portfolio. And it's like, I had been working already. So I already had a pretty strong portfolio. So, and I would just walk into the agency that I wanted to work with, which is definitely not how it's done really. Like usually like you'll go to another country because the agency sets it up with the other agency. They already like you. They're going to like, you know, advance money for you to go on a flight and like everything set up. But I was like, I'm going to couch surf the world and walk into agencies and just like create opportunities for myself. Right. So I just, walked in and I did this kind of all over the world and found okay this is the best agency here this is the agency I want to work with email them like hi this is my photos or just show up and be like hi I'm Ashley and I want to work here so it was such an amazing experience because I loved that I kind of got to break into some markets like at the time that I started working in Dubai there were really like not really any American models that I've started working in there and then just get you know see this reaction of like huh okay so you're working, but you're not this cookie cutter shape. And like, it's amazing how it's transitioned and changed so much since then. So I'm glad to see it not being so restrictive, I think. Mm-hmm. But they would be like, well, we love you. We can't let you go. So, okay, let's try this out, you know?
0: Was hey. there any moments of, because it sounds like you kind of really stepped into the unknown, just traveling to these countries and you, without any kind of guarantee of what was going to come out of it or if you'd even get any work, were there any moments of self-doubt or any failures?
1: Like I didn't have money for the tickets. I think like being resourceful is like the best thing you can do. So for me and not recommending this for everyone, I got like a 0% APR card and I was like, okay, I'm going to put my ticket on this. And then when I get back, I'll like work towards paying it off. So like, I didn't have to worry about that. With work, it wasn't even like, my goal wasn't like to make money or anything like that. And a lot of times when you travel, it's hit or miss. Do you make money doing that? It was, I'm going to have an amazing experience. At one point I found out my credit card was being used in another country. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that happened. So it's just like not focusing on those things. Because honestly, I know there were things that kept happening, but I chose not to give too much attention. Where your focus goes, energy flows, right? So that's like, I'm a big Tony fan.
0: As well, I always feel like you're either spiraling up or you're spiraling down. You're kind of never at the status quo. And mm-hmm. you know, I recently last year started doing some improv comedy enjoy that and that led to emceeing some events And then that led to this podcast and it's just it's interesting how you know this one event you know of you taking this leap of faith and stepping into the unknown of you know going i can imagine how much anxiety must have felt going to these agencies trying to sell yourself without anything guaranteed having it on especially your flight on your credit card loan and just seeing one thing happen and then just kind of spiraling up all these great experiences and in the end being featured on gq in south africa that's really that's really inspiring.
1: It was, I mean, I had so many amazing, cool experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I was on billboards all over the world. I've been in like magazine covers and in magazines all over the world, which is so cool. And like on different TV commercials all over the world. So, like, that mm-hmm. was really cool. I got to, I was featured twice in GQ South Africa. I was uh, the MC for the Rugby Sevens, which was really cool one year in Dubai. And I got to be working at the Formula One in Abu Dhabi a few times. That was so many cool, different things, you know, that I've, that I got to do because I did you know, go, you know what? um, that I would never have imagined, or I never would have, you know, thought about.
0: So, yeah. um, you were mentioning the uh, mindset and mindfulness and, and it seems that this is kind of the space that you're kind of moving into. Can you tell us about your journey towards this space?
1: Even though, you know, I had traveled and I had done all these cool things and I came back to the States for a little bit and I just kind of got really depressed. It took a while for me to realize that, Oh, wait a minute. Like, I can have adventure anywhere here. I'm Mm -hmm. thinking like, Oh, I'm not going to have a good time. I'm not going to be happy until I leave again or until I go somewhere And, and remembering that. And like also learning that, wait a minute, what am I doing? I have the control to control my mindset and to decide what things mean and change, do all these things that I just kind of gave away my power to, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm not happy because of this person. I'm not happy because of this agency or this job or like, I don't like being living in here. And it's wait, like that is my choice, right? Like, no one is forcing me to do any of those things. I'm choosing that. Once I kind of realized that, it just changed my whole life. It was like, wait a minute. What am I doing? Why don't more people know this, right? Like literally if you jump up and down, it changes the biochemistry of your brain to make you happier. And it's like, I was so unhappy. I wasn't really doing many things. Like I was really passionate about like, how can I help and support people? How can I, why doesn't everyone care? Why isn't everybody wanting to help everyone all the time? Like it was felt like everything kind of was coming down on me and it was like, and I'm stuck. You know, I just had all these feelings, like I lost control. And then kind of once I regained it and I really started learning so much about it, you know, because I wasn't as much consciously practicing these things before. I It was more just the experiences and like being mindful of things, but it wasn't as much of like a conscious. Then I started learning, like I took my mom to a Tony Robbins seminar. I'm like, she needs this. And I'm like, go there. I'm like, oh my God, I need this. <laughs> and so it was just, I learned so many amazing tools. And then I decided basically to change my life and focus on how can I support more people and inspire and encourage people but by teaching these kinds of tools so at the time I was uh that I really dove into this I was I'd moved to Atlanta to focus on acting and I just kind of went to my acting coach one day and I was like I just feel like you know I don't need to focus on acting to have a platform to you know, have a voice to inspire people. I just want to start inspiring people, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I, I like, and it's fun acting and modeling. Just like, I just, it wasn't like what drove me anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. um. So then I moved to Bali to like run operations for this, for Joel Brown and Emil Seinfeld. So we did um, this amazing event called Elevate and that was really awesome. And I was there for about six months. And then now I am in New York. Um, helping build a company called Aruta, where same kind of thing. Uh, Basically, how can people live, you know, happier, healthier, more fulfilled lives is kind of my mission. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. It was from being in a not-so-good place and, like, pulling myself out of it.
0: While you learned all these kind of tools and strategies, What are some tips uh, that you give to people you work with in order to get out of these ruts or be better at practicing gratitude?
1: Okay, so one thing that I think is super important that a lot of people don't realize is words have power, right? So I do my best not to say, like, anything after I am that I don't want to be. Like, I don't want to be sick or, like... I'm not going to say all the time, like, I'm sick, I'm, you know, lonely, I'm depressed. Like, I don't want to be those things. So I don't want to say them because Mm. you're attracting what you say, like, and you're believing what you say. It's funny because the more I say I'm excited and I realize I actually say it all the time, the more excited I get. Like, I Mm. get so excited. And it's also because I am literally saying I am excited. So yeah, it takes practice. But I think it's so important to, you know, like focus on the kind of words you're using and what you're saying and then also how you identify yourself. It's mm-hmm. so like funny story. So I know Jordan because my first boyfriend was, you know, my senior year in high school and he and Jordan were good friends. And I never really dated like my parents were getting divorced when I was in high school and I was really busy in sports and like doing my own thing. After, you know, like any time I was single it was like new to me. It was like what is this being single? It's weird and I'm awkward. It was like how I was thinking and so like it was just a funny thing like I would joke, you know, and make fun of myself. It was like I'm awkward around guys that I like. And one time this guy messaged me, or no, he called me actually after he dropped me off. Like we were kind of hanging out for like a couple weeks and he called me and he's like after he dropped me off. And I was like, What is he calling for? And he goes, Did I do something to make you uncomfortable? And I'm like, No, why? He's like, Because you got out of the car when it was still moving. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my God. So it's funny because not only was I saying I was awkward, like obviously I wanted him to kiss me, but I was you know, nervous, and I and I literally identified with I am awkward that I was doing awkward things. Like, who does that? I do. I did that.
0: You wanted to. <laughs> You wanted to see how athletic he can be to try to kiss you while driving, right? You're like, pay attention. I was like, most important, kiss me. I was
1: nervous. I was nervous. It's like, I it's like, how often do we get in our own way? Right? It's like in my head, I'm like, oh no, it's gonna be awkward. Like, but it's like, but no, that's actually what I wanted. So I didn't want to identify with being awkward, which I did, and hopefully I'm not doing that anymore. You know, so it's kind of like, how are you identifying yourself? Do you identify yourself as you know, with like a limiting belief or a belief that doesn't serve you. So it's like, I'm not a morning person. I can't exercise or I can't wake up early or I am always going to be late because I'm a late person. It's like, literally, you're defining yourself. What you say, what you think, what you believe, that can change. It's your choice, you Mm -hmm. know? Kind of just like, I don't want to be awkward, so I'm not going to call myself awkward anymore.
0: I'm not (laughs) going to of cars. (laughs) (laughs) Just so I can get a visual in my head, did you just like while the car was moving, did you get out and start running the car, or did you roll out? Like, what
1: was the... It was, no, it was... (laughs) It was, okay, so, no, it was, like, I was about to get dropped off. But I think we, like, rented this, like, little sports Audi for the day, because we went to, like, drive to, like, Abu Dhabi for the day, or something like that. So it was, like, kind of even harder to get out as normal, but I still did. I didn't think about it. It was just more, like, Oh, I'm feeling uncomfortable, and it's awkward. So I'm gonna get out. No <laughs> rolling, though. I didn't roll I like out. I
0: so you're, t- you're talking about affirmations and the power of words, which I completely agree with you. What about some tips and tricks for overcoming fears.
1: I think it's important to figure out first, like, what it is you want, because a lot of times people not only are scared, but are also like end up unhappy because they're defining, you know, happiness or success. From someone else's definition so to get clear on that is super important and super impactful i know like for me right because like i'm scared or i was scared of i'm not going to be happy or i'm not going to be successful it's like well wait a minute i don't actually even want to be like successful in that way i don't actually define success that way right, right. so it's like, i define success as like am i happy you know right. do i part me in all these amazing areas of my life like i don't define success in a way that someone else may define success and i feel like a lot of times we're scared and there's a lot of fear that revolves around that because we're scared mm-hmm. of not being like someone else. Good. You know, it was, do you know when people thought I was so crazy for like traveling? they like, you're going to give up this job that you make so much like, you know, good money doing for something that you have no idea about and to go to a place you've never been or you don't know anybody. And it's like, yes, because <laughs> yeah. I think you, you know, use your twenties for you. I just, I think for me, it's like, I'm more scared of, you know, I don't want to look back one day and wish that I did this or that. And it's like, I wrote this article called, you know, what are you waiting for? And it was just, I talk in there about, you know, am I going to be able to hike up table mountain as easily when I'm 65 as when I'm 25, probably not, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I am, but (laughs) just the idea of like, we can go some, like my whole thought process behind it was like, Yeah, it's scary, yeah, it's unknown, but it's like the amazing experiences the network I'm gonna build are gonna benefit me and my life so much by doing it now when I'm young, you know? It's like we're rushing to settle down and to just have the life that we think we need to have, but we can have whatever life we choose to. It's like, if you want kids, great. If you don't want kids, great. Like, it's your choice. Mm -hmm. We feel fear and like we're anxious and uncomfortable because we're not listening to ourselves. We're trying to listen to everybody
0: else. Yeah, and I had this discussion actually with a friend from college last night and he was asking me, you know, how has my vision of success changed from how it was in college? And I couldn't agree. I think everything you just said was exactly where I mirrored back to him about, yeah, I, I used to think that it was all about the stability and the nice car and all that good stuff. But it's it's more now about living out your dreams and and following your instinct and following whatever passions you have because you know, while we're still young, we still have these opportunities to pursue them. I went on this journey starting seven years ago, and you know, I remember when I was leaving, everyone's like, "Are you nuts? Like, you shouldn't be doing this. You're crazy. You don't even know where Korea is." And just, just like work and like the rest of us, and just retire, and then you could have money while you're doing it. And that was the same when I was like, I don't want to be hiking at sixty-five or staying at a hostel with. Backpack. We can go
1: back. You know and seeing a five-star
0: place (laughs) then yeah exactly I want to be like playing golf in Florida you know like (laughs) I don't want to be question I was asked more I was like what am I going to regret the most in one year or five years or 10 years or 20 years if I don't do now and so speaking of this it seems like you take on so many different projects and so many unique cool things like where do you get your inspiration from
1: so I love so many different people. like I think we can learn something from everyone. So I think that's so important to kind of go into every conversation or meeting anyone like with, oh, what can they teach me? Because you can always learn something. And so that is huge for me. Like I follow a lot of different people. like my kind of my social media is just like flooded not with cat videos, but with like inspirational quotes and videos. and I love watching them and reading them and learning what I can and then doing my best to like implement them. So, like, a couple key things for me, like, key takeaways that I think that are important, I know it's, like, been really special for me, is to focus on your mindset. So, me focusing on being positive and, okay, how can I be grateful for this? That is the number one thing, I think, and from what I hear every, you know, most of these people think that are in the same space of personal development or just kind of living out your best life. It's like focusing on gratitude and like focusing on what you want, right? So it's like, you don't want to focus on what you don't want. You don't want to attract more of that, right? If if I'm focusing on like, oh, I don't like this about this. And I don't like it. Like, I don't want that. I don't want more of that. So why don't I just take the energy away from that and <laughs> focus on the things that I do want. And so one of the things that has been really special for me is like creating solid morning and evening routines. You know, it's been nice kind of really focusing on, okay, like 5am I want to wake up and journal and meditate and read and 6am I'm in the gym or, you know, it gives me the structure that I need, but it's also, you know, really helpful for getting to where I want to be. You know, like we all have the same 24 hours in a day, something or someone is a priority to you. You'll make the time. You'll make an excuse. And like, that was something that I know from even, you know, having four jobs, double majoring in college, right. And having a full-time boyfriend, it was like, okay, if, I want to spend time with this person or call this person. Like, I'm gonna make the time. <laughs> so, like, you gotta prioritize and you gotta plan and like you need to make time for things that are important to you. And like, since our lives and like ourselves, like we're all we are, we're just made up of our little habits and like everything that we do. So it's like, I can't go to the gym one day in a month and just be like, work out harder than everyone in the gym, and then all of a sudden expect to have a body better than everyone else. It's like, no, it's are you eating clean for the most part every day? Are you exercising and moving your body every day? It's all these little changes, these little habits—that is what makes up your life. The life you have, the job you have, the relationship you have, the people in your network that are, you know, around you.
0: If if you if there is any like listeners or people out there to kind of feel like they're stuck or in a rut, I mean, it seems like you have gone through that moment yourself when you were repatriating back to the U.S. I, I, I know exactly that feeling. I've had a lot of friends mm-hmm. have that. Feeling. How would you? help or what would you recommend for those people any kind of tools tips or exercise yeah.
1: so the whole idea is basically you don't want to be tied to an outcome let's say i want to you know get this job I'm, I'm applying for a job and i really want to get this job it's focusing on like i want to get this job or something better so if you don't get that job you and your mind already know it's because something better is coming along and mm-hmm. i think that's how it is in everything in life and if we just stop trying to force things, because that that never really works anyways, right? If you're trying to force a job or a relationship or anything, <laughs> it doesn't work. And you're just holding yourself back from something amazing that is going to work out by forcing something. And why are you forcing it? You miss your train and it's like, oh my God, I missed the train. You can A, be upset about it. Or B, open your eyes, take a deep breath and meet your best friend standing next to you, who just so happens to take the next train. If we've never had something, we don't necessarily know we want it, right? It's, if you've never had an amazing relationship, how would you know what's an amazing relationship? If you've never had a job that makes you so fulfilled and so happy, and so if you never had that, how do you know it exists? So it's kind of just knowing, like there can always be something. So just to kind of like you know be mm-hmm. present.
0: And so, if you had any lessons or any kind of things you wanted to leave our viewers with regarding you know mindset um, towards gratuity or stepping into the unknown, what would you kind of leave our viewers with?
1: Consciously take deep breaths. A lot of times we don't realize, like, we're not actually breathing. If I'm feeling anxious or something's happening, or I just need, it's like, okay, let me just take a second and just take some deep breaths. And that's important. Smile. Smiling is super important. (laughs) Not only does it make you happier, it also makes other people happier, right? If you walk around and see people, all these people that are just like, like really unhappy, or just not smiling because they're not thinking about it, like, doesn't it make your day when you see someone smiling? Like, maybe I look a little weird sometimes walking on the street. I'm just like, I'm loving it here. It's such a beautiful day. I'm <laughs> like, the sun is yeah. shining. Right? Like, there's so much to be grateful for. And so I feel like starting from the beginning, like, what is the most basic thing you can be grateful for? You woke up this morning. Not everybody did. So if you can kind of focus on, hey, wow, like, I have a new day. Not everyone got that. Okay, and then maybe make it a little bigger. Like I'll tell my sister, I'm like, Lindsay, okay, what are you grateful for? And she's like, oh, cheese, um, ketchup. <laughs> but she always <laughs> but she's so funny. And it like, like if you come to a memory and it's, she's like, I'm so glad that we had this this time we were in Greece together. And it's like, oh, it just put you back in that place and now it changed your state. Are we ever gonna make a better decision if we're angry or upset or scared? No, we're not. So it's literally not serving you to stay in that emotion. Like, feel it, something happens all right, that sucks. This didn't work out or somebody stole something from me. Like that sucks. All right. Literally can't do anything about it if it happened already, right? So what can I do? And like, let me focus on what can I do, right? Like being present, I think is also super important. People, a lot of times people are trying to do 18 billion things at once. But it's like, if you're with people, why are you on your phone? Like to talk to other people? Focus on being present. If you say, I'm going to spend this time reading, Okay, read. Like, don't look at your phone. So amazing for what it'll do, not only in your life but your relationships.
0: So my brother does the same thing. I try to practice gratitude. So I actually watched a, a really good TED Talk a couple of years ago. It kind of changed my life and outlook on stuff. It was, his name was Sean Anchor or something along those lines about having a having a happier workplace. But doesn't really talk much about work. But one of the one of the things he mentions is that in life, what happens is. Um, we're always moving the field goalpost and trying to strive and reach for something else. So for example, he's, he, he gives a story of, you know, if you're trying to get into a good college, and you, you get into Harvard, and you're just so ecstatic that first two weeks, and you're pumped, and you're like, everything's just top level, like you are just jacked. But then all of a sudden, your mindset moves again and the field goal moves. And all of a sudden they're like, well, wow, all these people here are really smart. Why am I getting C's? You know, like I should be at the top of this class. It's this never attainable state where things are always changing. You want more and you want more and you want more. So what he recommends to get over that is to practice gratitude, you know, and just finding three things a day three times a day to be grateful for something. And so one exercise I do to remind myself to, to you know, be grateful for things. And I, I just mentioned quickly with people I'm eating, like, what are, what are you grateful for today? And usually someone will say something unique. Like, I'm just grateful that, you know, no one, my family is sick at the moment or that I have a job. And uh, it's a good reminder of, of everything we have. Unless of course with my brother would like, we'll just say the first thing that he sees, like, I'm grateful for these fries. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> It's really easy to kind of forget what you have and grateful for and really easy to start, you know, thinking about what you don't have. Yeah. And I think that practice of having some kind of routine or some kind of schedule for you to remember it every day, whether it's a five-minute journal in the morning or, uh, you know, doing it every time you brush your teeth or every time you eat. I mean, eating one's the easiest one because you're doing it three times a day. Me in a good state of of gratitude. So because I then it forces you to start thinking of like, more things you're grateful for right because I, mean, I mean like how many times yeah. can we say like i'm grateful for my health <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> another last tip is like just decide the kind of person you want to be and then start showing up as that person i think mm-hmm. all right how would like ashley 2.0 show up in this situation Where i'm like i really don't want to get up and like wash my face tonight it's like but i want to be someone who like has these amazing routines right so yeah get up <laughs> You that person all right be that person because you're the only one that can
0: and we kind of also discussed, I don't know if you remember this, but we kind of talked about like cheap highs as opposed to like substantial, like happiness and fulfillment. You know, we talked about how like you can go out one night and, and drink and, and go out, but it's a cheap high. You feel temporarily happy, but in the morning you feel like, you know, you have a hangover or you feel regret and how it's really just like a cheap high. While like I, we were talking about, you know, training for a marathon and I, that was one of the most fulfilling experiences I've ever had was, was doing that. And it was like genuine fulfillment from accomplishing a task that I never thought I could fulfill. And, you know, you kind of mentioned you don't drink as well. Do you kind of have any kind of these similar discussions about, you know, cheap highs as opposed to like substantial fulfillment or, you know, taking the right actions to have fulfillment?
1: I feel like a lot of times people are doing these cheap highs because they aren't in alignment with what they want and they're living a life that they don't like. Right. So it's like, if you're living for the weekend because you hit your job or you don't like your partner or like, why are you there? People that are not mm-hmm. taking control back because they're giving it away. That's when it's easy to look for a cheap high, right? It's like, you're not going to get that long-term gratification or that long-term fulfillment. If you're unhappy and unfulfilled every single day, what can you do mm-hmm. other than try to escape any chance you get? So that's why it's so important to, okay, figure out like, what is it that you want? What kind of partner do you want? You know, and just aligning yourself with these people or these friends, you know, do you want friends that are, if I say I'm going to run for president, I, I want friends that are going to be like, oh my gosh, yes. How can we support you in being that? How can we support you? Mm -hmm. Not, oh, like, well, that's going to be hard or I don't know if that's a good idea or who are you surrounding yourself with? people that are also living like a life for the weekends or a cheap high, it's like, you. it's so important. Like you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you're not, you know, changing up your peer group because you grew up with these people and you feel like, oh, but they're my friends because I was born next door to them. So now we have to be friends for the rest of our lives. Uh, No, you don't, (laughs) right? If they're not supporting you in the things that you want to do and the kind of person you want to be, then it's okay. Be grateful for the time that you had with them, but just give yourself permission to add new people into your circle. I think that's so important. Yeah. And that's going to be such a huge thing because it's like, if I talk to you, it's like, I get so much energy of like, oh my gosh, Jordan, I'm so happy to talk to you. And it's like, when you have these kinds of relationships of like friends that are not also searching for these cheap highs, friends that are going to kind of kick your butt and be like, no, that's a limiting belief. You're just being lazy. Wake up earlier. You know, it's just kind of like, everyone helps like build each other up.
0: I think that's so powerful, and I recently, in the last year, have realized the power of this. I read the Napoleon Hill book, and uh, he discusses the power of having this mastermind of these, you know, these, this support group of, you know, four to five people, small group of people that support you. And I met some people last year who told me about their own mastermind and they're having them every week, every Friday. It just sounded so much fun. And I was kind of like trying to make my way into it. I was like, oh, maybe like I can come join you guys like one weekend and <laughs> like, uh, yeah, no. And so yeah. I was like, why don't I just create my own mastermind with people that you know that I like love to spend time with back home? And it and, and so we started this journey in January, and it's a, it's a it's so supportive. And what we do is we have we meet once a month. Uh, we first start off by just doing a quick check in, and then um, somebody kind of presents something that they have some knowledge or expertise in, and then we have another individual that shares any kind of issues they're having, and they can be business. Uh, related emotional issues, personal relationships, any kind of problem. And the other four guys give feedback on, you know, how they view the problem and what kind of actionable solutions that person can take. And then the next week we meet up and we uh, see how that turned out. So I think it's been such a powerful Forced in my life to have had that support of like people that are holding you accountable as well. We have like a goal each month of you have to do something. We have accountability check. Like, did you do what you said you were going to do? So I think that is such a powerful tool for people that can implement, find your four or five best friends or find the goal or vision that you want, whether it's running, whether it's exercise, whether it's business related, personal development, find those four or five people that are going to support you and offer you, you know, hard cold truth and criticism and help you get to where you need to go this kind of leads into some of these project ideas you had uh, in the future did you want to discuss that a little bit
1: yeah so i totally agree with you and i was my friend lisa and i were creating something similar called dream teamers so we're excited just kind of like it's so important just to have like accountability friends to check in with each week, you know? And I have so many amazing people in my network that I love connecting with each other. And so it's like, okay, wait, why am I only connecting people like in the same place or if someone's going, right? So it's like, Oh, I'm going to Bali. I'm like, cool. Let me connect to people in Bali. And it's like, wait a minute. I still have all these amazing people all over the world. Like why don't we just connect now? (laughs) Why doesn't everyone just meet now?
0: Before we leave though, I wanted to kind of put you through our Travel Tribe toss-up. I get to ask three questions.
1: Okay.
0: Are you you up for it? Up for it. (laughs) All right. So the question we've been asking so far, and I've gotten so many good responses in the last week, especially people who've been traveling a lot. So the first question I want to ask you is what is the most underrated destination you have visited?
1: I would say the Philippines. Just because I had no idea how amazing it was, and it is so amazing. So I would say the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's your list. Greece obviously and- is a favorite. Greece is amazing, but everybody knows it's amazing. I feel like I just personally had no idea how amazing the Philippines also was. So. And-,
0: and what were some of your favorite places in the Philippines? Boracay, El Nido, or.
1: Iran. Um, that was amazing, mm-hmm. and Chargao was so amazing. Um, it's a really tiny island. Every every single place, though, that I went to in the Philippines for its own individual reason
0: was amazing. So, so Philippines, this the uh, first vote we got for that. Yeah. Second question, what food, I know your food, you love eating um, and, and <laughs> checking out cool new restaurants. I'm sure that abroad, you've had some unique food choices. Was there any kind of food that you originally thought was going to be really terrible and ended up being really delicious?
1: Hmm really terrible that I thought would be really delicious or hmm, let me think I tried something that I knew that I that I wouldn't like when I was in Japan I feel like haunting my memory this is before I like didn't eat meat anymore this person I was with like uh my dad used to work in Asia and connected me with like a contact of his and his son took me out to walk around in Tokyo and he's like oh try these they're like these octopus balls or something I don't know but I had a feeling I was like I don't think I'm like that. like it wasn't co- I don't know how it was and I was like I just knew, I'm like, I am definitely not going to like that. Like, I was not going to like it. And then I just like ate one and I was like, I like still remember this. It was like 10 years ago. <laughs> so my favorite thing is probably, you know, I love donuts and sweet things. I also love Greek food. So I would say if people haven't tried loukoumades, it's like a Greek donut. It's amazing.
0: I've never even heard of this. What's on this donut? Is there so something special about it?
1: They're like little... Balls. They're not like a donut shape like the U.S. has. Like It's like they're all little cake donuts, like little cake mini donuts. Uh-huh. And you can put honey on it. You can put like okay. any kind of topping you want, chocolate sauce on it, whatever people want. And like some walnuts. It's cinnamon. It's so good.
0: <laughs> Sounds delicious. i have to give that a try next time I'm in Greece. This just popped in my head because you already shared one funny story, and I'm ready for the next one. What is one of the most embarrassing things Things that have happened to you while you're abroad. So, any kind of cultural misunderstandings, any kind of falling out of cars or tuk tuks or scooters on (laughs) dates.
1: Wait, I already said embarrassing ones, Jordan. (laughs) I had overpassed, like on my 10 month trip, like I was trying to be like, you know, not pack too many things. I had one suitcase and a backpack and a small suitcase. Like, that's great for like 10 months and like five continents, I thought. But of course I was getting a few things as I was going along. So my friend and I getting rid of things, but like also getting things. And so sometimes we'd go to the airport and like, she'd be sitting like she was, I remember like she was sitting on, we booked a budget airline, big mistake. You don't get a checked bag. And we had super-sized checked bag, like a big suitcase and the carry-on suitcase, which we, it was like, it didn't work out. We paid way more than we should have. But she's sitting there like zipping up the suitcase. We're like, putting on, like, I'm wearing, like, wedge heels in the airport, like, trying to think of, like, okay, what, like, weighs more? She's, like, putting on some extra things so, like, our suitcases could go and they were going to charge us, like, a billion dollars. <laughs> uh, I don't mind, like, embarrassing myself about this because it was so funny. So I had this, like, bathing suit top that was, like, kind of padded, you know? It had, like, I don't know. It was, like, I don't know how to explain it, but it was, like, a water, let's say it's a water thing. And so we like walk through security and she like, looks at me, she's like, Ashley, do you think when they ask you if you have liquids on you, you have to say like, yes. <laughs> and like, chuck <laughs> the, the top I was wearing because I'm walking through with
0: liquids. <laughs> That's a great story. And um, it reminds me of every time I fly in Southeast Asia, when I'm going in between those countries, uh, the flights are super cheap when you're going between, you know, Bangkok and Kuala Lumpur and Pensar. you know, where they get you is the baggage. So I'm like, I'm not going to be paying for this baggage. I can make it under seven kilos. And of course I'm nowhere near seven kilos. So there are definitely times when they're like, sir, seven kilos," and I'm wearing like my dive BC I have the regulators around my neck. I have like two pairs of pants and I'm like, I'm getting on this flight and I'm not gonna pay your $400 bag fee. Right? Oh my gosh. I remember one time in Kuala Lumpur, I was getting on and I had like two sweaters on and two pairs of pants. I thought I was gonna like pass out from heat exhaustion uh, and how hot it was. I mean, Malaysia's hot, you know? And so I was getting through security line wearing all that. I looked super shady. You got you to gotta budget. You got to be resourceful sometimes. You're not really? going to pay triple my flight ticket to be, you know, visiting someone in Bali, right? Um, Ashley, thank you so much. And is there anything that you want to leave our viewers with?
1: Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. Everyone, like, stay healthy and live your best life. Because you can do it. All right. So I was going to say, like, what are you waiting for?
0: If you want more, you can follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley Abushi, as well as her organization at Dream Teamers Org. Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget to follow and subscribe for new weekly episodes. And we'll see you next week on the Travel Tribe podcast. Safe travels.